950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. It is a Monday post-Vikings game, and that means Michael Broadcorp, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, is kind enough to join us to talk about the latest Vikings uh, result. Uh, I'd say that tongue-in-cheek because Michael is here after the Vikings lost to the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. Michael, should we start off with the Twins? Let's start off with the twins. Hey, how about the how about those twins, man? That was a nice win against. I stayed up late last night watching that game. It was it was a great it was a great game, fun to watch, and there's a lot of confidence coming back to Minnesota. Um, it's nice to root against Houston. Yes, based on their record over the last the last few years with in Major League Baseball and their ruling mm-hmm. fractions, but there's a lot to feel positive about this this Twins team right now. Um, feeling good. They're playing their best baseball. I think that they've played in a long time and there's a lot of hope. And, and I think they, you know, they accomplished the mission that they needed to do in Houston, which was split the game, was to have to be split, win one, come home, win a couple games and, and they advance to another round of the playoffs. And, you know, it's, it's, I'll tell you what, right now, I mean, if I had my, ch- I mean, and once again, we got to put horse uh, horse before the cart. We got to beat Houston two more games and then we can move on. But if you do, I got to tell you right now, I'd rather take on the Texas Rangers than the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And, you know, Texas, you know, that, that would be, the, the path gets much better for the Vikings. I mean, Houston, correct me if I'm wrong, Houston is the number one seed. Uh, no, it's number two seed. Yeah, right? the two seed, yep. Uh, in the, in, Number two seed. So if if the Rangers do their job in bumping off Baltimore, um, you know we got a real opportunity there, knocking off Texas, and we could be in the World Series, which would just be delightful because yeah. we need that in Minnesota right now. We just need that. Well, we need positivity, and that let's 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 rip off the Band-Aid. Vikings lose to Kansas City yesterday. This was a game that you and I said we weren't probably picked to win at the beginning of the season since they lost those two games to the the Chargers and to the Tampa Bay Bucks at home, that this was a game that they had to start. They got this game. They got the San Francisco game. They need to win one of those games. They did not. They are 1-4, and and I'm going to go back, and I think it was Mike Ditka who said he was on a show one time, and they were talking about well, this team is really, you know, and I don't know, know what team they were talking about. I can't remember. They're saying this team is is one and four, but they're a really good team. And Ditka said, "Stop talking. The record is who they are. They're one and four, and that's the reality. Is right now the the Vikings are in a really bad spot. They're one and four. They're being talked about as are they the worst team in the league right now? Now, thank God the Bears exist. But oh, this, come on. well, I saw that one too, and I'm like, come on, you can't compare the Chicago Bears to the Minnesota Vikings. But at the same time, one and four is well, not not a good not a good result. And and I, I just I look at this whole thing and I just like I I'm wondering what they're going to be able to do. They've got to win these next three games, which are two road games against division rivals and San Francisco at US Bank Stadium. Correct. First of all, yes. I mean, regarding the the comparison to the Chicago Bears, we'll know one week from today where they where they stand in that fight because the Vikings head to uh, Soldier Field uh, for next Sunday. Yes. So we'll be talking hopefully next Monday about a, a Vikings victory. They're in a very tough situation. They are one in four, um, and there's just seems to be a lot of difference in this team from last year. Every break that they got last year, they're not getting this year. But there also seems to be a lot of more sloppy play. Uh, first quarter fumble, yep. as predicted, uh, very difficult to watch. Every aspect of this team 
there seems to be there seems to be work that needs to be done. Um, and you know, we have not spent a lot of time getting into the the head coaches, but I think we can say that some of the play calling, uh, some of the challenged, uh, some of the uh, challenges, the coaches' challenges, and and contesting some rulings on the field, I think were misguided, um, and I think it cost the Vikings. And I think what cost them near the end of the game was they they had no timeouts left, uh, they and they were just in a rushed scenario and. I have not found this season to think that Kirk Cousins is someone who works well in a rushed environment. Mm-hmm. He needs to have there needs to be more time on the clock. This is not a team that's shown that they can manage uh, do clock management in an effective way, manage the clock effectively, and a lot of bad decisions early in the second quarter and the second half ended up coming back to hurting the Vikings at a time when they. They just needed more seconds on the clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will add that uh, the ref, the 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 refs, uh, and the and the some of the rulings on the field were frustrating, were difficult to watch. Uh, that is a part of every NFL game, <coughs> and so while it is while a part of every Monday morning and every Sunday afternoon after a Vikings loss is to complain about the officiating, I do think that there are a lot of things that we can get to as to why this Vikings team is struggling right now before we get to officiating. Yep. Um, I'm going to give, I'm going to say something positive here before people start really getting bad. If you looked at the first five games of the season, most of people predicted the Vikings would be three and two. We're two games worse than that. We're not four games worse than that. We're, we're two games worse than that. We're one and four, you know, that the Buccaneers and the chargers games, I think most people pegged the Vikings to win those two. They did not. You got the Bears coming up. If they can somehow manage to figure out a way to knock off the 49ers and then win at Green Bay, they're going to be, you know, basically four and four at that point. And I think that if you went through that stretch and you said you're going to be four and four, it might not be a deal. But I mean, if you look at this, there is there is a chance that they wouldn't be necessarily as far out of this as most of us would have thought they would have been at the begin at this point in the season anyway. And I know that that's really putting on the rose colored glasses, but I do think that it is, you know, it should be noted. We're not, you know, Oh, and five when we were picked to be five and Oh, we are probably going to be three and two. We're one and four. That is not a hurdle that you can't overcome. It is not a hurdle. You are correct, sir. It is not a hurdle that we, that cannot be overcome, but our analysis is focused on, after the Tampa Bay game, the Vikings had to win a game that they that they lost. Their margin for error was gone. Yes. And after we, you know, we all had hoped that Kansas City would be the win that they would pick up. But as you look at the upcoming schedule, you know, I don't think that there's any confidence that this Vikings team can win. I can see the Vikings going three and zero in the next three games. I can see them going zero and three. There's that's just the reality of this team right now, and. I think that in terms of the playoffs and where we're at, it's tough to it's tough for this Vikings team to pull together any belief. I think for the fan base and for myself, it's difficult to look at this season and say, this is a team that can pull together a playoff run. There's actually no evidence right now mm-hmm. to think that. We can sit here and talk about all the one loss games and all the opportunities. It's fundamentally is just not a good team right now. Yeah. And they could be better. 
they could be better, but there's a lot of things that need to happen. And again, I could we we could be sitting here, um, you know, three weeks from now saying they're on a three and zero run, um, or they could have lost three games. There's an I could see a number of scenarios where this team is five hundred, or they're one or they're one and seven, mm-hmm. and that's a tough scenario to be for this Vikings for this Vikings team. We haven't had a season like this. Uh, in, in, in a few, in a few years. And it's just difficult to be a Vikings. It's just, there's not a lot of hope right now for this Vikings team. And which is interesting because I saw a number of people who post game yesterday on social media were quite excited because they're liberated now because they, they've, they've divorced themselves from the belief that the Vikings are going to make the playoffs. And now they can, they, they're not as emotionally invested in the games going forward. Um, <laughs> But I hate to, I, I, just to go back to it one more time, one more subject. I mean, we've spent a lot of times talking about the, the Vikings, the players, over the last few weeks. But I do think yesterday was a game where I think that there were a number of coaching mistakes yes. and judgment calls that could have that that really came back to hurt this team. The frustration that I have with all of these games, and it goes to your point, sir, that you have about where this team is really at. These games have not been blowouts. They have they have, they have made there's have been a there's been somewhat of a rhythm to these games. The Vikings have found themselves down, and they come back and they make it a one score game. They make them relatively close, um, and the Vikings. But and that's what gives you the belief that they're just a couple tweaks away from pulling this together. And can, I just don't. I just for the first time this season can honestly say to you, I can, and it doesn't make me a very good sports analyst, which is that three weeks from now, or, you know, four weeks, uh, three and a half weeks from now, because it's a Monday game. Um, Vikings could be, you know, one in one in six, one in seven, or they could be back to 500. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this is the time that they have to shine right now. But I mean, there's every reason to think that the next, the next, uh, Three games are going to be a real roller coaster, and maybe more down, maybe more downs than up. Well, and we got to find out about the Justin Jefferson injury. Hopefully, that's not too bad. But they've already said. Oh they're yes, gonna... and we haven't even gotten to that. Yeah. Yes. And well, and, 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 and is, is there a rush to get him back on playing right now? I mean, if, if you were the Vikings, would you be rushing with a hamstring injury? Trying no. to get him back out there. I no. don't know if you would. Well, you, the good news is you have the Bears next week, and you know you can put Ad, you can plug Addison into huh. Jefferson's role, and I think you're not going to have nearly the problem. Yeah. But at the same time, you you've got you know I, I buy this 100. percent If you're going to rest Jefferson a game, rest him the Bears game, and then get him back for the 49ers because I don't think there's any way you beat the 49ers without Justin Jefferson on the field. Correct. One yeah. question for you: yep. Is anyone on the hot seat with the coaching staff from your perspective? Defense, uh, you know, I got okay. And, and the, the question is, I saw this, and I thought this was an actually interesting point. I saw one of the guys post post game yesterday making. He said, "Is is Cousins reluctant to go too fast because he's afraid the defense will just give up seven points in in three plays?" And I, it's not a bad thing. I mean, it, you know, Cousins is definitely making this his team, and if he feels like he, he can't trust the defense to stop them. Then is that why he's he's trying to kind of his clock management is so bad on the offensive side because he just doesn't want the defense to get the ball you know have to go back out the field and stop the other team because that's a, the quick way to lose a game. 
Yeah. I don't, I mean, don't know. Speak. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to that Kevin O'Connell. I don't think he is in any, any universe. Is he on the hot seat? No. Um, I think there's, I think that he, there are a lot of expectations for him. There's always a lot of expectations for any NFL coach, but I, I think any talk of him being on the hot seat uh, is foolish, uh, is very foolish. Um, it's very foolish because again, three weeks from now, we could be talking about a much different situation, but we have lost all opportunities. This is, we, we don't have any more wiggle room. We don't have any more opportunity for mistakes. The Vikings have to have a nearly perfect season, a near nearly perfect run of games here to be anywhere remotely credible in the playoffs. And that's just tough to be at. It's tough to be that for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll be loyal. They're, they're, we're going to complain. We'll be loyal. Uh, but it's going to be tough to experience. I agree with you. O'Connell's not. I mean, I can't see a reason that he wouldn't be the coach next year. They might purge off a good chunk of his support staff. But I think he'd be there. I, I yes. think the front office is there, too. But I, I, I do think that, yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. I guess we'll end our Vikings coverage there because I think it is. It's you know, in in four in three games, we get to know what do we even care about the Vikings by the time we get to Thanksgiving. I mean, and it comes down to them. They just got to go take care of business, which means winning at Chicago, winning at Green Bay, and some, coming up with some kind of game plan that allows you to stand in there against the San Francisco 49ers at home and beat them. I got to imagine as a season ticket holder, it's got to be frustrating that they're zero and three at home this year. It's very frustrating. Um, my, as I've mentioned before, my family set season tickets to ten sixty one. Um, it's frustrating. It was also frustrating for members of my family that Taylor Swift was not there yesterday. Mm-hmm. That would have been that would have put a bright uh, that would have put a uh, put a put a brought some sun around on a pretty gloomy day if she would have showed up. But yes, it is tough, and that's it's. I, I'll, let me just say on that point about the hostility. Uh, of the crowd. One thing I have noticed this season, and there was some ups and downs last season that I that you know I saw in some of the games. This crowd, th- there is a hostile crowd showing up on Sundays at US Bank Stadium for this team right now. You can just feel it in the air. There is not a lot of patience in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, let's turn towards politics because you were quoted in the story about this pack that doesn't seem to even really exist. Um, and, and by the way, I should mention, of course, make sure you're listening to his podcast, The Breakdown with Broad Corbin Becky, which has got new episodes coming out on a fairly regular basis. But we, we, I want to get back to this, this discussion about th- this pack because it, it, it really is kind of interesting. Right now, Minnesota, they, th- there's a real question of where of the $319,000 went to web hosting and internet service. And and nothing for candidates. You brought up the point. I mean, this was a one-seat race in the Senate last year. That money could have helped a Republican candidate. This just, I mean, it, it appears to be, I'm not saying it is, it appears to be just a grift right now. I'm at a loss to figure out in 2023 how an organization spends, an organization that advertises itself as an IE group raises roughly, roughly close to $350,000 spends the bulk of that money on internet hosting and, and web access. Um, it's a really tough model. And money is different on the Republican side versus it is on the Democratic side. And, and Democrats are have a more 
well-funded, more robust political operation in the state. We've talked about it multiple times in your show, Matt. Uh, $350,000 of money being spent on I don't know what. I think that campaign finance, the campaign finance board uh, and others may need to look into that in some of this spending and some of this accounting needs to be cleared up either through the organization filing new paperwork or some, some enforcement matters. But you take $350,000 and you dump that into legislative races. You dump that into keeping the potential of the Minnesota Senate or the Minnesota House. That would, have, that would change the political landscape in Minnesota as to what is going on here right now. And there's just not enough money in the Republican ecosystem in this state for money to be wasted like it has been uh, behind this organization. And I hope that the donors who have given money to this group rethink giving money to this organization, that, the, that, that if a donor is going to give money to this group, that there's some sense of transparency and accountability as to how that money is going to be spent. They're just, it's just counterproductive in so many ways to the Republican effort in this state. Well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, one of the things that's crazy, you're writing a six-figure check and you don't know everything about that company. And I get it. You got a lot of money. It, it becomes kind of a blur. But you're still writing a six-figure check. I know a little bit more about the company than, I don't know. Correct. Yes. Mm. And, and I would say to you, what was, what was very interesting from, that, from the story, aside from the work that, that Ryan Faircloth did, on it was the comments from the donor, the mm. donor who had expressed concerns and reservations and, and questions about what was being spent. If you're going to sit down with donors and talk about IE work and talk about independent expenditure work, that, that, that type of relationship between a donor and an organization, that gives the impression to the, to the donor is that you're doing work. That, that's going to be, you're going to have a work product to show for it. IE work uh, in this state is a, the bulk of what some of the political advertising that comes in the mail that we see on TV or that we see online, Matt, is independent expenditure work. And there's not a lot of work product that that's, this group can show based on their filings to match the amount of money that they spent. And just the sad reality again, putting on, taking off my Vikings hat and putting on my partisan Republican hat for a moment, sure. is that there's just not enough money in the Republican ecosystem to have things spent in this type of way. Republicans need, in order to compete with the Democrats, Republicans need to be more efficient, spend their money smarter, uh, cooperate where they can, coordinate legally where they can, and just be wise and good stewards of their donors' money. Mm -hmm. And based on the reporting that I've seen and the comments that I've heard, uh, there's a lot of questions about this organization. Well, I, and that's not putting on a Republican hat. That's just a common sense hat. And that's and that's an, and that's an, an incredibly spot-on view of what, you know, if you're in the Republican Party right now, this is stuff that cannot be happening considering where you're at with your money. Uh, hopefully next week we get to talk about the Twins continually and – Hopefully next week, a win at Chicago. Michael, as always, thank you very much. I appreciate the time today. Thank you, sir. We'll have better news next week. I'm confident about it. I have faith. Thank I you. have faith myself as well. Uh, Michael Broadcorp will come back, wrap up the show for a Monday when we do return. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.